0: Welcome to the July 6th edition of the PFF forecast. These are the dog days of the sports calendar. So Brad and I considered taking up tennis so that we could bet on Wimbledon. If anyone out there, remember the printing press is a sharp, you'll hear about it in the PFF printing press discord. So that's where we'll go for Wimbledon bets. We have a fun conversation to start off the podcast, and then we are going to talk about three-year team outlooks uh, using salary cap and then some other ways of contextualizing kind of who's turned it around, who's in the biggest uh, kind of uh-oh situation um, and who set themselves up for some really good years to come. Uh, it's going to be a great podcast. Let's rock. All right, Brad, would you rather um, take a million dollars now or a billion dollars, but you have to break the single game rushing record, but you get a carry on every single play of the game?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take that million <laughs> and, and invest it wisely right right away. Yeah, that that's my favorite one of all the dumb ones that have gone around so far because the response is like, oh, yeah, if I had a good offensive line. If you had five Hall of Famers on offensive line, you wouldn't reach the offensive line. You would be tackled in the backfield because you're not fast enough to get the ball and then get up to the offensive line before someone is sending you to the hospital immediately. So that wasn't a good one. Another one, George. Hold on. Could you hold say, on. Hold on. Don't even give the person credit to
0: make it that far. It isn't even that deep. The average human can't run that many yards without dying and needing to vomit. So the idea, that's the worst part of all of these is like the NBA one, which is like you play all 48 minutes. Can you score 15 points? Buddy, if you can play four consecutive minutes in an NBA game, I will give you a million dollars right now. 110%
1: you would be gassed hands on knees with eight minutes left in the first quarter of the game. Two (laughs) plays. Literally two up and down, two fast breaks. And you'd be like, I'm out. That was my favorite too, though, because Look, if you can score 15 points in an NBA game, like Rich Paul's getting you, like a, like a supermax, like like it's not like yeah. a hey man, like you know, can you? There are NBA players every single day that try to do that, and they're un- incapable of scoring 15 points. It's like, oh well, if they played 48 minutes, they would have got there. Like, I don't think that's the the variable that is preventing them from doing so. You're not getting a shot off on an NBA court.
0: It's it's absolutely amazing the. That, that's a great one because I do think that the NBA, the quality of player in the NBA is so high, right? They only start five players. So yes, the guy, I mean, it's always been funny to think about like Brian Scalabrini, right? People would rip on Brian Scalabrini be like, I'll see you on the basketball court any day, anytime. I will kick your ass. Right. And he would, he would beat anyone. The pros are so much better than the average person, um, and I think that is good context because it's like the idea that you are somehow in any way, shape or form, even approaching as good as the worst player in the NBA is absolutely insane. Um, the yeah. NFL one is also great because um, a good example of this, I thought someone, I forget who it was that posted it, but was it Kendall Hinton or whatever, who played quarterback for the Broncos in that one game, who is like, an athlete who had played quarterback at a high level and honestly looked like a toddler trying to, you know, run up a hill or something. Like it was a joke.
1: He went one for nine. I think he completed the one behind the line of scrimmage. And that was the other thing too, is there was a lot of people like, oh yeah, I would throw speed outs. Like your ball, it would be a pick six house call every single what? time. <laughs> like you're going to throw a, throw down, like a wobbly duck to the corner. <laughs>
0: There are a lot, what I learned about that, okay? What I learned is there are two things. One of them is that there are a lot of people out there who have never done any kind of workout. And I, when I say workout, I mean like a real test of physical exertion because the people's like, oh yeah, no, I go like, you know, run on the treadmill or whatever. It's like, if you think that you're in any kind of shape, to participate in that sport, you're just out to lunch. I mean, you are a moron. The other is how bad people are. And I actually knew this, I didn't learn this, but it was confirming of that is how p- bad people are at statistics. Like, it's probably the thing that if you were one, one day when I rewrite the, the you know, edge when I reform education in the US, there will be a like the way that we teach kids statistics will be really the, the pair it's the most important thing because like nothing shines a light on in you know a, a lack of education than people not understanding uh, basic statistics and that became incredibly clear um in hearing these. Even the people that said that it was like crazy, most of them had reasons that made no sense like they couldn't even look at the most basic like human population statistics to kind of figure things out
1: here's where I go off the rails. Cause I, all of that said, I have a question for you that I genuinely think oh, I can no. pull off, but all right. So oh, no. yes, oh, it's, oh, it's an NBA question, but the the benefit to you is you're at the charity stripe. So no one is swatting yeah. your ball into the eighth row, but of course the crowd is there. Imagine you're just dropped into an NBA game, right? Here's the hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Would, would you rather me give you $1 million right now, or you have 10 free throws you know, in an NBA game, you got the people with the, the rattle sticks behind you in the background. Over under six free throws made in an NBA environment. For how much? Oh, true, duh. Uh, let's say for 10 mil. So if you, okay, well, it was six and a half. So you got to make seven. If you oh, make I seven it, out of 10 seven. free throws, well, that's no, too high. I'll, All right, over oh, under oh, five and a I half. Have-
0: Okay, but but I don't have any time to train. Like you're picking me up right now, and I got to go in there. One week, you get one week. I would, if I was given a week, I would take over five and a half for ten million.
1: Okay, and I I would spend.
0: I would spend every single minute of every day practicing. I'm not, and it's basketball is one for me where like. I think if you had a football or a baseball, so if it was a baseball version, what's the baseball version of that? Because that's one where I would probably say no way.
1: Uh, Honestly, not even kidding. The equivalent is like, could you make contact with a pitch? Not get it in play. Could you make contact? Uh, And my answer is a strong no. No chance. (laughs) Literally literally no chance.
0: It's high. I mean, I could see like, if you played college baseball and you were like fresh out of school, like, yeah, maybe, but even like the people that are like, yeah, I played college baseball like 10 years ago. I was like, yeah, good luck, buddy. Um, no chance. See the basketball one. I at least know I have some, you know, past experience with it where like at one point in my life, I probably could easily, you know, go six for 10. And if I just trained really, really hard, I think I could get there. Um, you're, are you going over five and a half?
1: My irrational one, I haven't shot a, bas- a basketball in probably a month. And I think if you drop me in an NBA game right now, I think I could do it.
0: <laughs> you think you do it? Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, that's. but that's the one where it's like, it's not a indictment of your physical ability as much as it is like, could you, do you have any sense of how to shoot a basketball And and honestly, how well do you handle pressure?
1: That's the thing, right? And I guess when money's on, I mean, you're basically a million dollars, you're giving up, so you're shooting for 10 giving up a million. And what could 10 million do for you? I mean, I would be
0: I would be nervous, no doubt about it. I would be, I would be nervous. Um, so that's a good one. I I don't know if there is one for the NFL that makes a lot of sense, but like the one that I was thinking about is Could you, if you got the ball handed off to you, could you legitimately try to gain yards and then get up after the play within 10 seconds?
1: I I honestly don't think the answer is yes. I mean, uh, you've probably had the pleasure of being on a sideline. It was for a a preseason game for me, but still, like, It's like watching like a monster truck rally, like like I'm like it is it is it is so beyond what I think you real like what you feel on TV. There are people running 20 miles an hour that are the biggest people you've ever seen. I don't I don't I think it's one. That's the thing too. Like you get one carry, you get one carry,
0: you get one carry, and it's it's in a high like let's say it's a playoff game, right? So it's like the and and it's you know if you pick up a first down, your team wins. And if you don't pick it up, the other team has a chance to win. Like it, you know, stakes that actually make it important. Um, and if you, how many dollars, so let's say it's a million right now or X dollars. If you take a handoff and you just have to survive, you have to try and gain yards and survive the hit, how much, how many dollars does it have to be, or is there no amount for you to take the, the, the hit?
1: You gotta deduct your hospital bills from the equation here, right? So that's the, the true number is yeah. X, you know, like you know, add in the hospital bills. No, it's legit, pending, like pending the, pending you're not dead, right? Because yeah, I don't know yeah, if there's... Yeah, yeah.
0: somebody yes.
1: cover cover funeral expenses, you know, set your family up well. Um, it's yeah. legit. Like I I think it's like above five million. Like I think it's like near ten million dollars, just to I mean, literally just to like put yourself in the hospital.
0: Yeah, but I mean. The thing is that just the idea that you could actually first off you have to be able to do it. I I do not think I would have to weigh like an additional hundred pounds to have any confidence that I would be able to get up. I mean, yeah, my thing NFL is just, players yeah. talk about like how hard it is to get hit when they come back from like the summer and stuff like that, right? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, my thinking is QB sneak is maybe the one area where like I just basically jump and pray. You're still getting clocked. Like there's no question about not that. A QB sneak. You have to <laughs> line up in the backfield. Yeah, no and chance. you have to feel safe pain. Yeah, I think I slide. Like I think I just come in, come into the pile no, and just foot first. <laughs> doesn't count. If you slide,
0: if you slide, you don't win any money. So that's the thing. You have to get tackled or or you can run out of bounds and gain the first down.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's just 0% chance slide, of that. Happening. Yeah.
0: If you slide, there'd be a bunch of people on threads who'd be like, yeah, I can make it to the sideline. Most people, if you ask them to sprint from the center of an NFL field to the sideline would be gasping for air before they got there. Eh,
1: eh. The thing too is like the average, like just take like an average one of the middle middle linebacker, like he would beat you to the edge every single time, but like he'd be waiting for you. Yeah. I think that's the thing too. It would be a fun one is like, all right, let's say if Tyree is at the 50 yard line, what yard line do you need to be at to beat him into the end zone in a foot race? What's the furthest you could do? You think. This is also a good test of people's math
0: ability. Although uh, a more challenging one. So, so I bet. So Tyreek Hill can probably sustain what, like twenty mile, maybe eighteen ish miles per hour from the fifty yard line. Absolutely, yeah. This is going to be embarrassing, but like, I legitimately think I need like a twenty or twenty five yard head start. I'm in the red zone. I think I'm in the red zone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I, well, the way I'm doing the math is like, I don't know what miles per hour I could get to on a sprint, but like, I know I can max out whatever a, a treadmill is, right? For sure. that amount of yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. So like, I go on that and now treadmill is obviously easier to run on. So like, if I think about like those true form runners, which are much harder, like getting even to 10 miles per hour on those is really hard. So like, I think I need at least I think about half the distance. <laughs> like, yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. I think I'm a I, I'm not an incredible athlete, but like I I, you know, I work out a decent amount. I sprint, and I I think I would need to be at like the 25 yard line.
1: I think you're right. That's what I was thinking was half halfway is like where it starts. That's insane. That is big. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: That's cr- I would love to hear, I would love to ask people that question on the street. They should do that and just get so many incredible answers. Yeah. especially if you went, especially if you went, no place would be better to do this than like a bar in LA where there are a lot of uh you ask a bunch of guys but there are a lot of like attractive chicks around and and also have like the person asking be an attractive woman, you will get some incredible answers that that this would be really funny to do. Um, yeah. it's like the NBA players when they get interviewed by Taylor Rooks or Malik Andrews and it's like, what's your goal? It's like
1: ah, you know 10, 10 championships next 10 years. Man, yeah, Taylor Rooks gets the best answers in in sports media because the guys, their brain shuts off. And yeah, it was the Jalen Brown one that's famous now. He's like, yeah, I don't know, five five rings the next like seven years. Like, all right, yeah, sure, why not?
0: (laughs) He almost had more rings than years, I think. Um, Yeah. All right, let's let's get into um, some uh, some actual football talk. And uh, before we do, as I mentioned, the printing press, it is a fantastic place for you. Uh, if you are a fan of betting or just NFL um, analytics uh, and and knowing more about the game uh, to get involved, great community, over a thousand members of the printing press who um, join for completely free and love to bet. And so you'll get fantastic um, kind of insights. And, and a lot of people drop their own research in there. I know Tej and, and Arjun and, and Judah and Ben Brown uh, are always doing that. Uh, obviously, Brad and I are in there as well. And the rest of the community is is a really knowledgeable base of uh, of sports bettors as well. So the link is in the uh, YouTube description. Uh, it's also we posted on Twitter, uh, and I guess maybe we'll post it on the Threads too. Who knows? Um, and uh, you can you can join us uh, there. Um, also, uh, we're about to talk about some teams that we like going forward, and we may mention some players that we like as well. A good place to start investing in those players is on DraftKings with their uh, $10 million guaranteed cash prize best ball uh, tournament, which if you're not familiar with best ball, you should get familiar with it because it's a great way to kind of kick off the football season, draft a bunch of uh, teams, but also not to manage those teams during the season because you don't have to pick any any players up. Um, So go join the DraftKings Best Ball Millionaire Contest. And with promo code PFF, you can get your sign up uh cost back in draftkings dollars that you can then wager uh on other uh parts of the uh of the experience so go to draftkings.com or the draftkings download the draftkings app use promo code bff and sign up for the draftkings best ball millionaire contest and get your chance at a at a 1 million dollar top prize if you have a gambling problem call 100 gambler one per customer opt-in required with 10 dollars entry bonus is issued in 10 dk dollars asian eligible research supply Void printed at cdraftkings.com slash promotions for details. Um, also, uh, if you are looking for, it's it's the summer. As I talked to Brad about last week, I was heading to the desert. It was going to be hot. And uh, I you know what? It didn't bother me, Brad. And the reason it didn't bother me is because uh, I had Manscaped on my side. So I was a member of Smooth Sack Summer. And, you know, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than showing up all discombobulated. You're sweating everywhere. No one wants that, right? You're not getting into Michael Rubin's white party unless, you know, you're well manicured. So go pick up the Manscaped product. They have a couple of products that I have used that I love. First off, Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Everything you need to prepare, that summer bod. Um, that's what that's what the, the thing said here. I don't say bod very frequently. Um, but it is the ultimate grooming bundle for your body. And um the, the product is super high quality. It will not nick you. Uh the battery lasts a long time. There's a flashlight to make sure that you can see everything that you need to see. a Lawnmower 4.0, easy to travel with, as I mentioned. And then they also have a new product, which is the um kind of face and uh nose and ear hair, I guess, um uh thing. I, I don't know what it's called. I'm I'm uh just winging it here, but I use the product. It is really quality. Um, It comes with a fantastic facial hair trimmer with like 15 different size settings. You don't need a bunch of different clip-ons, one clip-on or you can take it off and get a really close um, uh, clip. Uh, It's great. And it comes with a bunch of beard oils if that's your thing. So promo code PFF gets you free shipping and 20% off at manscaped.com. I should have mentioned that. Um, Go check it out, manscaped.com. All right. Brad, how do you think I do there? Do you think I think I sold the product well?
1: You did, but you've had you've had better smooth sack summer promos. Yeah. I, you know, it happens. It's dog days of summer.
0: Yeah, that we'll get there. We'll continue to improve. We'll watch the tape. All right. You uh have watched the tape. That was not a good transition. Um, you are uh you know, I'm not I'm not here to uh lodge you with praise, but like if I had to ask a salary crap question or a question about a contract of one person, I would ask you, and that's not just because you do the podcast with me, uh, and we're, we're, I think, good friends, I hope at least, um, but it's because of your, your true knowledge uh, about salary cap and about contracts. Now, obviously, Jason uh, over the cap is fantastic as well. Maybe I'm a little biased because you happen to work with me, but nonetheless, you did um, a wonderful study on kind of the three-year health of organizations from a salary cap perspective. And this is something that even though I follow the league very, very closely, I could not have told you off the top of my head. Maybe I could have guessed a couple correctly, but I would venture to say most people have no idea what the three-year outlook for their team looks like. So you can go to PFF.com or if you have PFF app, which I suggest you go download, um, you can can read this and go through the whole thing. And it's fantastic. We're going to talk about it a little bit today and some of the questions that kind of stem off it. Before we do though, Rad, can you just give a very brief overview of the factors that you looked at and maybe a little bit of the weighting for each one? Because we're math guys, so generally we don't weight you know, every part of a, of a team uh, totally evenly. Um, so if you have kind of weighting factors, it'd be great to hear how you think about them um, in constructing your analysis.
1: Yeah. So the big thing, the, the genesis of the entire idea was, like you said, I don't think a lot of folks have a great understanding of where they they are from a fa- salary cap standpoint. They maybe look at overthecap.com, they see a number, and they say, okay, cool, this is where we're at, and that tells you, you know, not a whole lot about the future outlook. So. It's five categories. They are weighted. The weights actually changed, um, do in response to feedback and kind of just tweaking and looking at it. So the most important category, the most heavily weighted category, it's um, about thirty-five percent of the entire score uh, is simply how good your roster is, and and more in depth than that. Essentially, we've taken every player's uh, wins above replacement over the last two seasons. We've adjusted it for things like age, you know, other other factors involved as well and then spit that into a dollar amount. And so, of course, if you're very good at edge rusher and wide receiver and obviously quarterback, that's going to weigh more heavily than if you have you know, the mon stars of, of off-ball linebackers and safeties and running backs. So that is now the most important variable, and I think it is fair. If you have a very good roster, you don't really need to spend a whole lot <clears throat> to improve it. So it obviously you know, helps you be healthy if you're good to begin with. So that's the first factor and the most important. The second is active draft capital which is simply just we take every draft pick on your roster that is still on a rookie contract and then what that pick was we convert it into a, a draft chart value. So instead of just saying they have 20 rookies, they have 15, you say no this, this team has, you know, the Jaguars, back-to-back number one overall picks, a bunch of picks in the early 30s, etc. they are first in the active draft capital column. What that's trying to capture is and how it ties back to financials is if you have a bunch of surplus value, good rookie contract players, you don't really have to supplement that with spending. If you have Trevor Lawrence in the Jaguars, you're saving $40 million a year at this point, you know, compared to what his actual production is worth. And that trickles all the way through to every other position that's worth, I want to say about a quarter of the entire analysis there. So those are the two biggest ones. Then we move on to very simple, just your total cap uh, cap space over the next three years. Certainly important. Obviously, you can't spend money you don't have. And and the three-year view is good because it kind of, I think, does a better job of capturing not just one static year, but are you spending a bunch in the future? Have you pushed the cap down the road? But that's only worth about 10%, you know, because it really is just, it can be manipulated. You can restructure deals. You can do certain things. um, But at the end of the day, it, it does matter. The next category is and it ties into that one. How much money have you prorated? So how much of your credit card have you already spent? Do you have a big credit card bill coming due or are you sitting there and you don't have a lot of, you know, you know debt pushed out and you if you wanted to do that, you could do it because you haven't already done it. That's probably a 15% of the entire analysis and the last category another, you know, 10-15% is we do a valuation the same way we do for the rosters of all of your pending free agents. So, you know, for the Bengals who did come in first in this category, yeah, that's great. But you got T. Higgins, DJ Reader, Tadobio Wuzier, and so on and so forth, all entering the final year of their deals. You got to pay them or they're going to leave. So it, it captures, you know, the, the 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 business on hand in the near future. You, we have all those together. I don't just do numbers, as, you know, based on z scores and weights and all these things. Um, and then it's now the article up on on, on pff.com.
0: And the the pre uh, sorry the free agent uh, evaluations. So that's for 2024, right? And so what you'd be doing is looking at players who are becoming a free agent in 2024 and how much they're making
1: this year. So it actually what it is is we are proje- we're using the dollar value that we think they're worth right now. We could try to project okay. it out and maybe guess where they're going to be, but no, it's saying, you know, we think T. Higgins is going to sign a deal for $24 million okay. a year.
0: So yeah. Yeah. It's using your projected. And the reason I asked that is yeah. because obviously, you know, rookies would have a, a lower value and then they would be, you know, expected to make a lot. So this is essentially saying if you wanted to re sign these players, here's how much we think it would cost. Uh, based on the kind of, uh, you know, what what we think they're worth, you know, based on your your understanding of the of the market. Yep. Okay. All right. So one thing that I thought was really interesting about this is um, you you mentioned the Cincinnati Bengals came in first uh, in cap health. The New Orleans Saints came in dead last, and that was the same. That was kind of unchanged uh, from last year. But there were um, there were a lot of, of interesting, like kind of movers and shakers. We'll, we'll get to that at the end. But let's start with a little bit of a meatier uh, conversation, which is, like, what are some of the takeaways from, from this, right? So if you have a team with really good cap health, okay, or, you know, in a particular area, they're very strong. And one of the things that you you kind of noted there, but as we kind of go down the list, like, what are some of the implications here for, from a team building perspective? If you're a fan of this team, if you're betting on this team, if you're thinking about what they might you know, find themselves doing or how they might treat this year. Cause I, I assume teams are actually looking at this and, and understand what it is. What are some of the big kind of takeaways that you had in constructing this and then analyzing it? I'm sure there were things you were going, wow, I kind of wasn't expecting that, or or this seemed kind of strange um that, that you had after uh compiling this?
1: Yeah, I think the first one might simply be <clears throat> and you look at the changes year to year, kind of the the benefit, the, the positive feedback loop that comes with being a good organization and having a good foundation because the ability to add maybe veterans on cheaper flyers than they would take elsewhere or you get guys in-house to take pay cuts or they sign for a little bit less than you expected. Like, there is a situation you get yourselves into where it kind of starts to, like, snowball in, in a positive manner. Um, You know, I expe- expected some teams maybe drop or some teams to maybe be able to rise quicker, and if you run the franchise well and make smart decisions, like you really don't always run yourself I- into a ditch. And I think that's a more recent phenomenon. I think teams are more honest with themselves and, you know, the Rams would be the example this off season. And you could argue they did hit the ditch, but I think five, 10 years ago, the Rams come into this offseason. They say, we got a lot of great football players and Sean McVay's a wizard. We're going to figure it out. We're going to work around Jalen Ramsey and Allen Robinson and Leonard Floyd. We're going to see what we can do here and try to keep prolonging this window. And I think in today's NFL, more teams, maybe not as aggressively as them, are are being able to fluctuate quicker because they're not doing that like they did in the past.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um- I do think it's interesting, right? You look at like top 51 valuation and you know the Bengals do rank highly there. They're third. The, the team with the best valuation for their top 51 are the Bills. But the Bills are kind of terrible in all of the other situations they don't have a lot of active draft capital they don't have a ton of um cap space in uh over the over the course of the next three years um actually very little cap space over the next three years they have a pretty big credit card bill which i think is a great way to phrase prorated money i would bet similar to asking people on the street if they could you know rush for or you know gain yardage on a play or score 15 points would also have no idea what pro rated means um and, and that's probably indicative of, of what credit card debt looks like in our country as well um and their free agency valuation uh, kind of back into the, the pack as well so it's interesting the way that rosters are constructed as well you can have them constructed well but if you don't kind of maintain the other parts of your house if that makes sense you could it, it doesn't make up for it all uh, all alone just to have a really valuable top fifty one. Um, is that? Would you agree with that? Is that generally kind of what you saw as well?
1: I think mean, the Bills are a great example because yeah, now it's catching up to them. Look, they're second in cash spending in the NFL this year, but I would say actually because they were prudent in how they managed things. I mean, you have Josh Allen on his deal and you still keep Stephon Diggs, you still go out and sign Von Miller, you have all these highly paid players, Deon Dawkins, TreDavious White, Matt Milano, etc. Um yeah, now it's tough and and now they are in a position where I think their window with this nucleus, not Josh Allen, is, is kind of right now, but I think they were only able to get themselves in in this not dire, but you know, because of what they did with a lot of smart early extensions with letting a guy like a Tremaine Edmonds walk and not franchise tagging him. And so, yeah, it doesn't look great, but it could be a whole lot worse if they weren't smart coming into this year.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, One other thing that stuck out to me, and I'm kind of curious if I'm reading this correctly. So, Look, if you have a bunch of cap space in upcoming seasons, it really, in my opinion, should be broken into to two tiers of teams. If you have a quarterback and if you don't have a quarterback, so if you have a ton of cap space but you don't have a quarterback, it really doesn't matter, right? Because first off, you, you haven't, you're not going to win anything, and so you can sign all the free agents in the world that you want, you're you're still going to suck because you don't have a quarterback and. Once you get a quarterback, you're going to have to pay that quarterback. So that's going to take out a humongous chunk of money. So let's look at a couple of examples here, right? So the Cincinnati Bengals, I think, are a great example because they have a lot of of cap space going forward. But look, they're going to have to pay Joe Burr a lot of money. That's going to come down a little bit. I look at two teams that have already kind of signed their quarterbacks, and I bring up Bills here again, because the Bills and the Chiefs, I think, are really interesting. The fact that the Chiefs have the best quarterback in the NFL, and yet in the next three years rank middle of the pack in terms of, of total cap space, I think is really impressive. And I have not been one here to, um, get down on, on both knees for Brett beach as basically everyone in the media wants to do. But I actually found that to be kind of impressive. You know, you look at the Eagles as well, right. With the Hertz extension, um, they they are uh, below the the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of of cap space going forward. So I think that speaks to the ability of Mahomes to carry a a, a team. To be quite honest, right? You look at their top fifty one valuation. It's it's outside the top ten. Um, But also I think a good job uh, for a team that that honestly had made some decisions I thought were a little suspect. You know, going back to the Frank Clark stuff.
1: No, exactly. And I think that we ha- when we had that conversation, I think there was an inflection point where there was a bit of a sea change and their approach has become different. And I think has, they realized like, this dude is so good that the worst thing we could do is press and try to win in a given year and try to keep everybody around to, because he's going to win. You know, field an average NFL roster around him. Yeah. Andy Reid, too. Sure. And he probably can figure it out. Um, And yeah, they, they look so good in this, you know, because. They have all these recent draft picks that, you I know, mean, back to back years with a first round edge. So if one of those guys pans out, back to back years with a second round wide receiver, maybe one of those guys pans out. Like the 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 ability of what, and if it, if they don't, they can go spend and they can go add pieces if they need to. Maybe even make a trade. You get extra draft capital for Tyree Kill. You know, so you can go out and add somebody. Obviously, they trade for Orlando Brown. It didn't work out, but but long story short. Yes, they're aggressive at times and and pick their spots, but the the guys they let walk or move on from, they've made a handful of really good decisions.
0: Uh, And one of the interesting things about the NFL is it's such a small sample size league. I really do believe when you kind of boil it down and you ask yourself, why is the NFL king? One of the biggest factors, Brad, is how small of a sample size league it is. Every game matters so much. Every draft pick matters so much. And every move matters so much. You can make a couple bad decisions and it can be just terrible for you. And you can just make a couple of good decisions, couple of smart decisions, and it really can matter, right? And it's not like we're talking about like 50, 60, you know, signings or decisions here and there. And that's, I think, really um, kind of impressive uh, for, for a league where there's so many players and, you know, there's so many different kind of factors uh, that are going on in, in determining who's going to win and lose games. Before we, we move on to uh, the next kind of set of discussion points here, um, we're talking about money. We're talking about, you know, setting yourself up to be financially stable going forward in your life as a football team. And you probably want to do that with your own team. And when I say your own team, I mean, you know, your family. Um, As a parent, not a parent, but if you were a parent, if you're out there, you're a parent, you probably think about your child and family's well-being as your top priority. And if you are doing so, you should probably consider how you can help them thrive throughout their life, embracing life's adventures uh, and preparing for the unpredictable things that are certainly uh, out there going to happen. And that's where Fabric by Gerber Life makes it easy and quick for you to protect your family with term life insurance. I'll be honest with you, term life insurance, not something I've thought of, but if I had to think about it, it would probably make my head hurt because I have to assume I've got to call someone up on the phone in some dusty building somewhere, request like 600 pieces of paper, sign my life away, and then probably get scammed. Not with Fabric by Gerber Life. It takes less than 10 minutes on an app for you to figure out how your family can be protected with affordable term life insurance. It's that easy. Um, it's actually a tech-forward solution, which is amazing for something like this, um, and I could not recommend it more highly enough. Brad and I have both promised that if and when we have children, we will use this. So don't put a timer on us, but um, just take our word for it there. Use promo code FORECAST, and you can do so by going to M-E-E-T, Fabric, dot com slash FORECAST to get started today. Again, that's meat, M-E-E-T, not the thing you eat, but the thing that you greet. Fabric.com slash forecasts policies are issued by Western and Southern Life Insurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health problems. Brad, hopefully you felt that I did a better job of selling that there than, than Manscaped. Ironically, I don't use this product yet, but, you know.
1: That was a 91.6. The segue from the financials right into it was absolutely seamless. And then, you, the little, you know, meat that you not eat, but you greet. I mean, you were on fire there. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And like yeah. I said, we watch the tape and we improve. Yep. That's what we you get did. better. Um, yeah. 1% every day. Okay. <laughs> 1% every day. I, this is what I miss that hasn't come to threads yet, but then I just, you know, that threads doesn't have is these people that have come up with the most intoxicating like opening line and then like 10 tweet thread where it's like you can't not click like you have to click like one get better one percent every day is just it's perfect like you just create a thread put a little headline there someone reads it they go really i just clicked into this for you to tell me to get one percent better every day and then show me the math absolutely incredible
1: you know, like the every once in a while, you you like, obviously, I think we both think we're smart guys, but you know, you sometimes have moments where you're like, I'm the most smooth brain, like Neanderthal. When Twitter's first allowed bold letters, if someone wrote one of those sentences in bold letters, there was a 96%. I was like, yeah, it's in bold. Like, it's got to be some good info in there. Like,
0: <laughs> Oh, my God. The, that and that what I've noticed people doing recently is the clip podcasts. like clips of famous people like Andrew Huberman gets has this done to him all the time where he's literally like I think they're using AI to make him say something that he's not even saying and it's like it's like you're like I'm not going to not listen to this like this guy knows everything about science how can I not listen um, uh, he's like promoting like some like Jaws size thing. You're like, God damn it. <laughs> like It's literally an infomercial basically at this point. Um, yeah. the other good one I've seen is someone created an ad where it made it look like they were, uh, showing you a text message from Sam Altman about the future of AI to convince you to become a prompt engineer and, and sell you their prompt engineering kit. And not a bad thing to, to know how to do though. Okay. Um, let's get back to the, the conversation here. So as we look at uh, teams that are in a kind of make it or break it scenario, right? Um, are there teams that you look obviously like Cincinnati at the top there, you're like, oh man, that's great. It should feel good. You go to the bottom, you're like, oh man, you know, the Saints, like what a disaster, the Raiders, uh, the Rams, but like kind of the, the takeaways for T-building and how this might impact going forward. Are there teams that you see where it's like, man, there's a lot this year that they need to get right uh, or else it could go in a really bad direction or, or you know, uh, obviously if they get it right, it could go in a really positive direction.
1: Yeah. The big one for me that jumps off the page when I'm doing this analysis, I almost did a double take when I was looking at their 2024 cap situation. And I'll say this, the window, I'm not saying the, it, it's the chargers, Justin Herbert, I'm not saying his window is closing the guy's 24 years old, but. You look at 2024. Actually, I'll let you guess the over-under for fun here. All right, four players. Khalil Mack, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Um, where's the last one? Oh, bad radio. Let's just do those three. Forget it. Just those three players. What do you think their combined 2024 cap hit is?
0: So, sorry, it's it's Keenan, Khalil, and Mike Williams? Correct. Oh, man. Yeah. Um combined cap hit. I mean, it's got to be a big number. Uh, is it
1: like, is it like a, like a hundred million? It's $105 million for those three oh, players. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, wow. yeah. And like, yeah. Are they going to be good this year? Like, are they still good football players? Sure. But, I'm not sure any of those guys, maybe Mike Williams, who knows, but like there's not a guarantee any of those players are on the Chargers next year. Um, Obviously their cap number would go down if you release them, but still pretty big cap, you know, dead weight associated with that. They got all their deals restructured uh, this off season. For me, the Chargers, it's like, if they don't have a good year this year, you bring in Kellen Moore, you have Brandon Staley, you know, getting more defensive pieces, yada, yada. If they don't have a good year this year, I think you strip the entire thing kind of down to the skids, like you bring in Eric Kendricks, you bring in more veteran players and very quickly you're looking at like, all right, Quentin Johnson's our number one receiver with, you know, you know, some good pieces around the offensive line, some good piece in the secondary, but they, they are, I think in a, the most win now 2023 season, maybe of any team in the NFL.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting. Cause you think about this so much from a, um, from a quarterback perspective, right? where if you have a quarterback that you feel good about you just kind of assume that things are going to be good going forward and that's just not the case right as you kind of articulated here with with chargers like that is an absurd amount of money i think the takeaway though here is getting back to the chiefs which is you don't have to make that many good decisions (laughs) like you can get this thing back on the tracks right you have herbert and, and so that's a good situation, but it can also go South just because you have a good quarterback does not mean that the health of your organization is going to be strong. And I think that the bills are kind of staring that down a little bit as well. We've talked about how they might not be as deep as people kind of think that they are. I would say you look at the Cleveland Browns as well, where my God, they are paying a lot of money to uh, to, to Deshaun Watson going forward. They're one of, two teams that actually have negative cap space in uh, the next three seasons um, and have just a a massive amount of prorated money um, on those deals. So, you know, it's not, you can't kind of take it for granted. Um, What are the moves, I guess, if any, that you as the Chargers GM would be looking uh, to kind of make, like what would you do? Is there anything that you can do this year to kind of put yourself in the best position or does it really come down to like you need to win (laughs) and you need to win now?
1: I think it might actually be that simple. Cause then like you look at the deals, like no one's acquiring JC Jackson from you. Like there's not really any tradable players on the team. Again, they could take bad value and like offload, you know, a receiver for a third round pick or probably worse at this point. Like there's just not really, no, the answer is like this nucleus of players needs to win a whole lot of football games this year Otherwise, things are going to get tough. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Um,
0: as you look, at, so the one thing that I'm kind of curious about here is where the role of future draft capital kind of comes in here, if at all. And maybe you mentioned it as you were discussing at the top. But that seems to be an important component of this, right? in as you think about the future is like your ability to kind of keep your team competent but also healthy from a cap perspective is going to require you to have players that are making rookie salaries that are that are contributing to you is how do you think about that in the context of this
1: so it's probably the most common comment I've got uh that I haven't yet uh added to it because I'm just kind of weary of there being trades or things happen like if we did it last year for Carolina and Chicago you know then the day of the draft it's entirely different I might look into next year adding Basically, just what do you have above or below seven in the in, in the next maybe one year or two years, right? So you have your standard allotment. And then I just look at, like, if you're an outlier from that number, obviously weighting the picks themselves, maybe I'll boost it a little bit in some capacity. But I would guess that, like, it only really matters for kind of, you know, near the ends of the spectrum. If you're a team that has you know, your seven draft picks and your normal slots, um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to change things all that or if you have a bunch of extra fourth and fifth round picks, like that could be nothing. But yeah, the one thing I might consider is extra first and seconds. I'll probably try to fold that in somehow.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's interesting. Cause as you look at the active draft capital, you kind of think about projected active draft capital, right? You know, who, how much draft capital do you have that could be playing for your team that you're adding to it? Because it, it paints the picture in contrast, not contrast, but in addition to the cap space, it's like, what room do you have to improve your team? Right? So the first column, the most important thing is like, how good is your team right now? <laughs> right? How valuable is the current set of players that are going to play? But then it's like, okay, then on top, I'm kind of layering it on top, right? That's your foundation. That is the, that is the, the, the studs of your home. Right. And you're looking at okay what can i then do on top of that you know what kind of cool things can i put in the game room what what i need to add you know i need to do do a new kitchen do i have resources for that right and one of the the most cost effective ways to do that is through the draft and i think it shows up over time if you are a like poor drafter or you hemorrhage draft capital and you don't build your team that way like Those teams, I think, do fall to the bottom uh, versus ones that have done really well drafting over time, I think, are rising to the top. Um, But the reason I kind of bring it up here is one of the teams that I think is impressive in this list, despite the fact that they are actually outside, uh, they're, they're outside of the top 20 or actually right on the line, is the Arizona Cardinals. The fact that they're not really low on this list and that draft capital isn't, Uh, kind of a part of this calculation. I actually think it's kind of impressive. We talked about GMs that we thought would be, you know, top of the line GMs going forward. And I just think, you know, even though he's really young into his tenure there, um, I am bullish on what uh, Austin Ford can do in Arizona. In contrast, you look at Houston, which is actually above them in this metric, uh, in this ranking here. But I just, you know, I'm less bullish on them going forward, even though they've already drafted a young quarterback, and you know, right now Arizona's got one that would rather play Call of Duty than uh than actual football.
1: I might I might have to fold it in. I think there's a pretty simple way to do it. Obviously, you just use Vegas odds to pick the draft, you know, order for the following season and, and find a way to incorporate it to a degree. Yeah, it would boost Arizona up a little bit for sure. It is funny they're in I mean, they're in 20th because they let every single free agent leave. They don't have any free agents they need to pay next. Like some of the categories that worked in their favor, again, like it, it's funny, it kind of pulls in different directions. Like it's a good thing you don't have free agents you have to pay or is it a good like like the the Niners, your Niners have been top five in in pending free agent valuation. Like every year I've done this thing. Cause it was like, first it was Debo and whoever, then now it's Nick Bosa. Then it'll be Brandon Ayuk like, because they keep nailing the draft. Um, So it's kind of funny Mm -hmm. how those things are are opposites as well.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good point.
1: Um, Okay. Let's, let's close out here with
0: the teams that have made, in your opinion, the most kind of impressive uh, improvement to the health of their uh, franchise from a financial perspective. Um, what are what are a couple that come to mind? I have, I have a few that just comparing this year's list and last year's list um, kind of popped off the page for me. Um, but I'm curious that you've done, actually done the research. Who are the ones that deserve um, a, a trophy for uh, improvement?
1: Yeah, and it, it does tie back to your point that I completely agree with that also jumps out. Like two or three moves can really change the entire you know complexion of your team. But I might be stealing this one from you. But the one that surprised me, I thought the Minnesota Vikings would still be a bit lower hmm. on this list. I think we agreed last offseason they maybe shouldn't have tried to run it back with all these old guys. And you could argue were they a year late in moving on from, you know, Thielen, Kendricks, and, and Cook, etc.? But you know what? They did it. They they had a year. They made all those tough decisions. Yes, they're about to give Justin Jefferson a billion dollars, but, but they made it so that they can now. I mean, finding a quarterback is going to be tough, and I think the reason why I like this one, I think it's funny. I think they're going to get back kind of in the same situation where I think they're going to have, look, they have two tackles I really like. They have Justin Jefferson. You bring in TJ Hawkinson. We'll see about the defense, but they might again be a team that's like, all right, we're going 8 and 8. We have a bunch of awesome players, but we don't know what to do at quarterback. Where can we go out, go out and get a Kirk Cousins type guy? Like yeah. they're kind of like creeping back into that into that zone.
0: I'm looking forward to Jared Goff uh <laughs> Minnesota Vikings quarterback. Like um it's really funny though. If you if there was a dark horse team to have the best offense in the NFL this year, the Minnesota Vikings are that team for me. Um, for that exact reason, right? Um, the fact that their defense stinks is also a reason um, yes. they play in the NFC. Uh, they play obviously indoors. I think Kirk Cousins is underrated in terms of how efficient he is, maybe not uh, underrated in terms of how good of a quarterback he is. Those things are a little bit different. Um, but, you know, if if Jordan Addison is, uh, you know, ends up being a good draft pick, then they could have an elite receiving core. You talk about the two good tackles. Um, so I think that's a really, really good call out and, uh, and kudos to to what Kwezi has done over there in Minnesota. Um, the one that I'll mention uh, to start this off is Atlanta. They're in eighth this year. Um, they were 23rd last year. They were in, I believe, just a couple of years ago when Thomas DeMidroff bid them farewell, like the pain cave. Um was where they were and maybe you have some data to actually back that up but the fact that they're now an eighth now they don't have a quarterback yet but they have and, and Dimitrov did um draft a couple of the, the good players that they have currently contributing to their team particularly on the offensive line but you know I think by all accounts with with both Drake London and Kyle Pitts um, you know have made some nice draft picks there AJ Terrell as well Um, them being an eighth I think is impressive and I think there's reason to be bullish about the Atlanta Falcons, despite the fact that they have no quarterback and, and no real kind of recourse to draft one highly, unless they sort of
1: throw in the towels here. Both of those teams are an example of why, and at least this isn't new, but like, Hitting on premium positions in with those draft, it just simply means more. It's it enables you to get back much quicker because yeah, they the, the Falcons spent a lot in free agency. They spent on safety and interior defensive line because they have both their starting tackles. You know, they have a lot of pieces already at the expensive spots and not just expensive. There spots where good players aren't making it to free agency, and I think that's why both them and Minnesota, um, you know, you can turn things around quickly when you have good players at, at the spots that are the hardest, you know, to find good players at. Any others that made a big jump this
0: year that impressed you?
1: The Giants are interesting, um, you know, they were way yeah. down on our list, in particular, the top, you know, just the the the, eh, the roster valuation was maybe 30th last year or in, in that ballpark. Mm-hmm they didn't really go crazy. Like, they didn't add a ton of players. But I think for them, like, credit to Joe Shane and this new staff, again, kind of flushing out, letting some, you know, contracts walk, letting some players go. If they get growth from Kayvon Thibodeau and uh, who's the right tackle they took and Evan Neal, like, if those guys pan out and have good second seasons, they're, like, pretty set. Again, set is debatable, but they would have – Two very good starting tackles, one very good edge rusher. They got to figure out a receiver, but like they, they would have some pieces um, on cheap deals they could work around for the next couple of years.
0: The last one that I'll mention, uh, just because I know that you're contractually obligated not to um, talk about this team that much on this podcast. The Chicago Bears, they were 19th uh, last year. They are up uh, all the way into fourth this year. Which has got to make you feel good. They have the least amount of credit card debt, least amount of prorated money um, going forward, and actually are the uh, the only team. I think they have the lowest top fifty one valuation of any team in the top ten um, this year. So you know, room for them to grow if some of those you know um, those players that they've drafted start to pan out. Um, but, you know, a giant amount of cap space going forward. And obviously they'll need that if, if uh, field pans out, but I thought it was cool to see them uh, make a jump um, over the past couple of seasons.
1: And polls, I, I really do think, you know, we'll see, you got to figure out the defensive line, but I think he basically didn't give into the pressure of like, they're trying to get better. They're trying to win football games. There's no doubt about that, but you're not going to do that by making a splash and adding, you know, Draymond Jones and Mike McGlinchey in free agency. Like, I still think he wants to be a draft and develop guy. Yeah, they spent on Tremaine Edmonds, but that was pretty much the only big deal they gave out. No, they they show up very well, and, man, if Fields does hit, they can do literally whatever they want. Like, they already traded for a receiver, but they could trade for guys, they could trade for an edge, they could sign whoever they want. It's buying yourself, like, there is anything is at their disposal. And if he doesn't work out, that's fine too. They can trade up in the draft or they don't, maybe don't need to trade up in the draft and then they can, and this is probably unfair to Justin Fields. They can then surround the new guy with a ton of talent as opposed to surrounding him with no talent, like, like the prior regime did with Fields.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's, uh, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, Everyone should go check out this article. If they have not already, again, you can find it on PFF.com. You can also find it on the PFF app. Uh, This just in, Uh, Twitter is threatening to sue Meta over systemic, willful, and unlawful misappropriation of Twitter's trade secrets and IP, as well as scraping of Twitter's data in a cease and desist letter sent yesterday to Zuckerberg by Elon's lawyer, Alex Spiro. Um, This is is great. This is what we need. We need Elon suing Zuckerberg and it actually being a, a thing
1: when they go and fight each other in the cage that would be tremendous so i mean let's get some weight behind this fight whoever wins gets the other like wins the lawsuit right like if if, if elon wins threads is dead and if if zuck wins then that's you know great. red thrives yeah that's great i'm stealing that tweet and tweeting out right now <laughs> <laughs> also real quick just thought about it the most bettable sports event of this weekend is judah and i playing golf on sunday we're hitting the links maybe we can come up maybe we'll figure out a way to put some strokes or something in there that might be the best sporting event of the weekend
0: that i need odds on and (laughs) um, i need like some kind of update that's going to be the most compelling sporting event to your point uh that there is to watch on television this weekend so maybe live stream it does threads have a live stream yet we'll find out we'll find Um, out and uh and see who wins thank you so much for hanging out with us we love you all and we'll talk to you on sunday peace